Listener Production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, we missed out on some Golden Globes again this year. We were overlooked, weren't uh, we? <laughs> well, for... actually, I'm gonna, not going to say overlooked. I'm going to say snubbed. Oh, I was going to say robbed. But you're right, <laughs> award shows generally, nobody snubs like award decision makers. Yeah, um, well, you're sort of the only one in the acting industry. Uh, so tell us, give us your quick report here before we get into all day breakfast. What's what's happened? What do we miss? Well, there was a bit of controversy at the beginning of it all. Uh, a lot of people boycotting due to uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's lack of diversity in their 87 members, um, no people, um, no black people in there. Um, in 87 so people. 87, yep. A number of black actors and black-led projects were overlooked. HFPA, maybe you guys didn't get the memo because your workplace is the back booth of a French McDonald's, but <laughs> you got to change that. Uh, Ellen Pompeo was annoyed, is annoyed about it, um, a whole whole teams of like HBO's Lovecraft Country and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen may gave them a little diss in his thank you speech. Oh, because he won, what did he win? Best. He um, won, won Best Actor for Borat. There you go. Isn't, it, isn't Best Actor in a Comedy for Borat, which surprised me. I, the, and Borat actually won Best best Motion Picture Musical Comedy. Well, I guess so, he was acting as a Kazakh reporter who was acting as like a American hillbilly kind of thing. So there's there's layers to his performance. <laughs> there's range, you know, because he Borat was acting as other people. So, I mean, it was a... I mean, the guy's got, got deep layers to his acting. Yeah, look, a lot of other winners, the Queen's Gambit, The Crown, Shit's Creek, Ted Lasso... Um, so yeah, it all went down yesterday. You can check out online for all of the uh, all the results. But hey, we got a Golden Globe worthy potty <laughs> for you, mate. We do. And just <laughs> think of the gold. I want you to picture the Golden Globes that are going on and how much Matt O'Kind would want to be there. But Matt, you have a story up next, which <laughs> okay, yeah. Think about <laughs> think about just the picture. gloss and glamour of an American Film Awards night and. That's basically the exact opposite of my day yesterday. So I'll hit you with that story. We're also chatting to incredible legend Bridget Husswait, uh, host of Good Nights from our old stomping ground Triple J. She's going to be dropping by because she's released a book. I cannot wait for that. But otherwise, it's just good old wholesome fun here on All Day Breakfast with Matt and Alex. Hello. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Do you think you'll have kids, Alex Dyson? Oh, there's a there's an interesting question. Particularly the day after you said how terrible it was having to decide <laughs> going uh, whether to or not to go to a two-year-old's party <laughs> and the absolute nightmare of going, no, no, listen, no, just two years of that. Goodness me. You're not, I'm, all I'm saying is you're not selling it well. Well, look, um, one of the things I tell people who are about to embark on the journey, you know, yeah. they think, oh, what? What sort of pram should I buy? You know, that's the big question. What brand should I buy? And I'm like, then it doesn't matter what brand, okay? It's where you're going to put it, all right? Because this thing, in your head, you think, I'll fold it up neatly every single time and I'll just store it away in the cupboard and no one will even know that I have a child. You're one of those people on the Danos Direct things putting their big treadmill, folding it up and putting it (laughs) under the bed. It looks so easy on television. (laughs) That's what I feel like doing after I've exercised, just storing things away. <laughs> and that's the same with prams. When you get home and you're wrangling a small child, you don't. Mm. there's no putting it neatly away. It just sits out, yep. sometimes in your lounge room or in the hallway or wherever. But we have the very first door in our house goes straight into this little toilet laundry, 
All I've right. been in there. You have. Yeah. I don't know which what you were using. <laughs> the well, toilet, the toilet the and then, and then I had to use laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think last time you were in there, you spewed. No, absolutely, no, I haven't spewed in that toilet. No. I'm sure you have. No, I absolutely haven't. <laughs> Are you sure? You stayed over in my house. I'm sure that there was spew in that toilet. No, no, okay. no. I think you're talking about a time I spewed on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. Anyway, we store the pram. We store the pram in the little laundry. Only on all day breakfast you get this sidetracked. <laughs> uh, we store the pram in the laundry, mm. you know, laundry toilet thing. That's where it goes all the time. We, we, we haven't used it for a while, all right? Anyway, I decide oh, I'm going to have a day out with Sophia, morning out with Sophia. I'll take the, the pram. So I get the pram out, put Sophia in, and we just walk all the way around, um, you know, my local area. We go to the shops get free sausages off the uh, sausages off the butchers. You know, they, they do the taste testers out the front. We get little pieces of sausage and nom on them, pretend that we're going to buy them. You head past the memorial statue to the uh, Alex Dyson spew that happened in 2000. Absolutely. We, 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 we pray. Um, and, and it's turned then, into a local landmark. That's, that's all. Someone put a statue there. And, yep. uh, yeah, that's if we can get a view from all the masses of people who gather every Sunday. And then we... Went down to feed some ducks in the park, you know, just thrown around. Went all the way around this big, beautiful park, up and down the main street, into the shops, everything. Get home. There's a pair of underpants hanging off the front of the, the pram. As in, I've been walking around with a pair of jocks just dangling off the front of the pram, walking all through my neighborhood. <laughs> Underpants just dangling. Okay. Is, had they come out of the laundry? No. Had been trapped or were they on their way in? They were on their way into the laundry. Okay. All right. Yep. And they're just for everyone to see. And I and it's just I just felt like such an idiot sitting there, you know, joking they were around with the book. They weren't your wonderful partners. Well, they were hers. That's oh, the man. Oh man. What? Oh, Matt. <laughs> oh, no. So I've got women's underwear just dangling off my pram as I'm walking around. That's some uh, pretty sexy bunting going on there. <laughs> it's just so... Fr- I'm so- Belle doesn't even know this. I haven't oh. told her. Sorry, Belle. It's a lie. She I'm does so, but listen. If you missed your underpants for a, for a, for a morning, then I'd taken them on a joyride through us. Well, through our the good thing is, you know, you live in an apartment... So you don't get often get a lot of that fresh air. So airing airing it out in the sun is probably good for them. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't mm. know how good it was when we were feeding the feeding the ducks, and there were a lot of pigeons just hanging around us as well, <laughs> flapping around and spreading their lice. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it just made me think: Where have you found underpants? Because I oh man, <laughs> well, I remember yeah. walking. <laughs> no, oh, have you got another one? Have no, you... <laughs> it's a good talk back. No, I just remember poor old grade three camp. <laughs> Camp, oh yeah, Camp Curry Mungle, and it's always <laughs> the lost and found end of the camp. It's like, all right, good camp, everyone. About to get the buses home. First of all, got some jocks here. Anyone own these jocks? <laughs> and for some reason, found jocks at camp always wet. They're always just soaking wet for some well, reason. Someone's holding a dash, them, surely. Holding these up, and it's at those that moment. And even as a young child, Matt. I knew there, you just go, well, you just leave them. 
You don't. <laughs> exactly. You don't go up and go, yep, sorry there, Mike. You've got the entire school class, grade three, sitting there, holding up these jocks with cartoon characters. I remember it so well. Cartoon character up on them. And, um, yeah, just one kid, whose name I remember, but I won't say. Because <laughs> always in primary school, you remember kids' first and last names. They walk up to the front, grab their wet jocks and work. In front of everyone? In front of everybody. And I'm like, no, they're lost who, to the this, world. Who are they? Is this Thor? They must be the bravest person on the planet. Yeah, I would I would just, I would actually get up and instead of walking towards and claiming them, I would just run in the opposite direction and yeah. never be seen again. Yeah. I would certainly not be going back to that school. Never wear jocks again. Just say, I don't wear jocks and then follow through <laughs> for the rest of your life. No, that's the know. only option. <laughs> Let us know. Where have you found underpants? <laughs> At matt.n.alex. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Now, Alex Dyson, I think I jinxed myself because on yesterday's show, I discussed raising the alarm. You know, I yep. thought I'd lost my keys yep. at the photo shoot for the Turkin, which the photos you can see on pedestrian.tv. <laughs> and it turns out they're in my the pocket of my shorts the whole time. Yeah. I had people running around the office looking for them. I was calling my partner in frantic. Sophia was waiting at daycare. I was stressing. You know what was actually quite funny? What? Exactly after the show, I had to call Bron because I didn't have my keys in my pocket and she had the keys back at the studio. So I raised the alarm, <laughs> but it was true. <laughs> well, then, okay, after the show as well, I'm at the at the gym, right? Not to brag. But um <laughs> I'm Clang. at the gym. <laughs> and, That's uh, Matt dropping the smallest weight in the room. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, and I like, you know, so I, I always have like, I do my gym session, then I have a very quick wash off and the little public showery pool, the sh- pool showers, and I jump in the pool, right? But just as I'm finishing up the gym, the hard part, and I'm about to go do the fun bit, the floating on the bottom and pretending I'm a sea serpent, right? <laughs> Isn't that the very thing you fear well, when you go no, to the but beach? I like, I like lying on the bottom and looking up at the sun um, and pretending I'm some sort of underwater creature while I hold my nose. Wait, with goggles on? Nah, nah, I don't you do goggles. You open your eyes underwater? I open my eyes on in, in public chlorine. pool water. I do because I've worn, I've worn goggles in the, pub, in, the, in the public pool before and I've seen things that I don't want to see. I'd prefer that directly in my eyeball. Thank you. <laughs> I would prefer to just have chlorine <laughs> searing away at my corneas than to see yet another Band-Aid. Okay, so <laughs> floating to the bottom. Um, so anyways, about to get in the pool, the alarm goes off. Big fire alarm. They have to evacuate everyone from the gym and the pool. Whoa. Now, there's no fire. I couldn't see any fire. They were looking at all the buildings, everything, no fire. Well, I hope not, but um, but yeah, couldn't see anything. Everyone had to go, so I missed I, out on the pool. I knew you shouldn't have left your mixtape in your locker, Matt. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, we did ask well, you makers, when, Check me out, Spotify. <laughs> when have you raised the alarm? And Tim from Adelaide's gotten in touch. Good day, Tim. Hey, how you going, guys? Good, thanks, Tim. Now you were in, you were holidaying in Japan when the alarm was raised. Yeah, and I definitely raised the alarm. <laughs> oh, okay. What happened? <laughs> So uh, we were in Tokyo, had to get to Osaka uh, very early in the morning. Um, so set the alarm, woke up, all good, and uh, did my last couple of checks, making sure I've got everything before I leave, and uh, went to check where my GoPro was, uh, where I thought I left it. Nowhere to be seen. 
Um, and I've gone to my partner and just gone, like, have you packed it? Uh, can you see it anywhere? She's like, nah, nah, nah. Um, we were with a group of friends of us, a couple of the guys from the group, and they've gone, nah, I can't see it anywhere. Um, so I've then come jumped to the conclusion that it must be stolen. Like yep. there's some, someone's mm-hmm. come in, they've yep. stole it. We're leaving for the train in like 10 minutes. So this is from the hostel here, Tim? Yeah, 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 it is. But the thing is I was in a private room, so the chances of getting stolen <laughs> oh. were very slim. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so then you start someone's, thinking. So then you're like, yeah, obviously so- someone's picked the lock. Yeah, and all they've taken the, is the, the GoPro. Exactly, the, you're exactly. looking at the cleaners thinking, what have they done? You're about <laughs> exactly. to go down to reception. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So then I've uh, just had to leave just as I can't can't miss the train. So we've left. I've, I've been a little bit of a sook. All my friends are trying to cheer me up, but I'm sitting there moping around like, no, get away. Your, I don't want to talk to you. Or did you have all your holiday BMX. memories on the GoPro? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All the all oh, the yeah. all the BMX footage of you riding down Mount Fuji or something's uh, all yeah, gone, right. and <laughs> all the exactly. snowboard shots from Shibuya. <laughs> exactly, and then so yeah, still being a little bit of a mope, got on the train. Um, about like a five-hour train ride, four hours in. I was getting a bit chilly. Go to grab my jumper out my backpack, unzip, and it is just. Mac bang in the middle, like just. <laughs> I wish it was. Rec- it. Yeah. I wish it was recording so it could have like seen your face. <laughs> Do you know oh, what I mean? You could oh, have that memory yeah. on you forever. Yeah. And Tim, oh. you in that moment when you're the only one that's seen the GoPro, you got a decision to make right there. <laughs> oh mate, I Do you fess up and up. say, "Oh my God, it was right here. I'm an idiot," or? You make put it in a bit of a trickier spot and then go, aha, there it was. It's a more understandable missing GoPro. I was tempted to just hide it the whole trip, not use it for the rest and go, oh, I've never used it on the trip. I was still in Adelaide. <laughs> Goodness me. And how'd you break the news to the team? Uh, it was in the group chat and um, it wasn't a busy train ride and I have seen a bunch of heads just turn back to me and just glare. And because uh, you treated just... people like crap up to that stage, oh, yeah, you? I was moping. I was moping. <laughs> well, I look, was we're very <laughs> we're very very glad that you found it, Tim. It's good stuff, and I hope all the footage was was worth finding. Yeah, yeah, surely. Awesome. All right, cheers, mate. Cool. Cheers, guys. And let us know when you've raised that alarm. Please, Alex, hit us on the gram. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Well, Matt, for a disease that affects 700,000 Australians... You think we'd know a little bit more about endometriosis, but um, it's only recently that things are starting to come into the mainstream, and it's uh, a lot of it, certainly in our circles, down to the fact that there is one legend out there, not only starting Instagrams like Endogram, not only becoming an ambassador for Endometriosis Australia, but also has just written an entire book to help support a few people who are living with the disease. It is called How to Endo. It comes out today. And we're very, very stoked to be chatting to the host of Triple J Goodnights and 
published author, Bridget Huswaite. G'day, Bridge. Oh, hello. Oh, I'm so happy to join the author club with you two. It's so fancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smell that mahogany. Yeah. We only sit in mahogany furniture as a which, result. Which dealership are you going to be hitting this week? Uh, Beamer Benz <laughs> or Bentley, Bridget, uh, with all the author cash? No, but hey... <laughs> Congratulations. You wrote a book. This is incredible. More importantly, it's about a really important topic. Um, And it's one that, as Alex Dyson just pointed out, a lot of people, a lot of Australians aren't really that aware of. And I'm going to put my hand up first up and say I'm absolutely one of them. Let's just jump straight into the... The, the topic, what what even is endometriosis? Because in my head I'm thinking it's like polycystic ovaries, but then is that it at all? Is it anything related? What is it? Yeah, it's a really good question because it is like associated to um, PSOS, but endometriosis is really complex. It's this chronic condition in which tissue similar to the lining of the uterus, which is called the endometrium, is tissue similar to that that is growing outside side of the uterus and it can be found anywhere. It's actually been found in every major organ. Last year we were saying, oh, it's every major organ except the spleen, but a a study came out in October and yep, it's been found there too. So it's quite widespread um, and it really is, yeah, like a whole body condition that has no known cause or cure, lots of different varying symptoms um, and it takes a really long time for many people to get a diagnosis. So it's pretty sticky stuff. Yeah, that diagnosis thing seems to be a bit of a hurdle that's only just being broached. What what sort of difficulties have people had have uh, sufferers in the past have had to do to get this diagnosed? Yeah, well, I think it's really tricky um, mainly because it's an invisible illness. So you can look totally sweet on the outside and look what um, what people would consider to be healthy and well and happy and whatnot. But internally, there's all this havoc that's been wreaked where this disease is growing and spreading and even sticking organs together and just causing a lot of pain and discomfort. Um, so I think the fact that you can't actually see it is um, definitely a contributor to why it takes so long to get a diagnosis, but also because one of the main symptoms is period pain, yeah? And we are kind of told that we can't talk about periods. Like it's a bit of a stigma or a taboo topic, um, yet the pain is normalised. So we're kind of taught like that pain is something that we have to put up with, but we're not really allowed to talk about it. Um, And I guess because endo especially is a really complex thing um, with more questions than answers, uh, not all medical professionals are entirely across uh, the ins and outs of this disease. So you never know what you're going to get when you go and see someone for help. And it just, yeah, unfortunately has taken a really long time for so many people um, to get answers. Yeah. So tell us about your journey, you know, when did you first realize that something was not just regular period pain to, to put it like that and, uh, and realize that something was really wrong? Well, my journey was very long and confusing and frustrating. It kind of started um, when, I mean, I first got my period within like the first week of high school and I was super stoked. I was like, woohoo, growing up, like high school, year seven, I got my period, like take that. I'm killing, (laughs) you know, I'm killing it. I'm on track. (laughs) Oh man, I moosed my hair the first week of high school. (laughs) That was not growing up, Bridge. (laughs) I'm sliding little liners down my sleeve and strutting to the toilet. Oh wow, really? Oh goodness. (laughs) But it quickly, it quickly kind of turned to a, a very 
uncomfortable, painful thing. It was around um, when I was 15 that I decided, I think I need to see a doctor about this. And my mum was really concerned too, because I've got two sisters and they didn't have it half as bad as what I did. So it was very confusing um, why I was dealing with this pain or maybe I, you know, I thought, oh, I'm not dealing with it well enough. Maybe I'm weak or I'm a sook. Um, so I went to a doctor when I was 15 about my period pain and I was just told to go on the pill. It was just like, a, oh, you know, it's time for you to try this as if, you know, that's what you do when you are uh, in your teenage years. And I was kind of just set on my way. But then the years passed and I started getting all these different pains. I, I started getting pain when I, you know, became sexually active. I got like uh, cramps like up higher in my stomach and my abdomen. And um, when I was like, peeing as well and it was very concerning so but at the time I couldn't link them together because I had no idea endo existed you know I wasn't taught about it in high school didn't see anyone talking about it so I guess if we base that you know first doctor consultation when I was 15 fast forward to 2018 when I had surgery and was uh, diagnosed that's um that's a solid 12 years right there my friend oh, <laughs> oh my gosh and one of the things, Bridge, that stays with you through that whole time, tell me about the uh, phenomenon of the wheat bag, um, oh, the heat pack. What can, it, <laughs> what can it do for you? Um, and exactly. Like, tell us about your, uh, your connection with this beautiful thing. <laughs> so you know how people, um, there's like crazy cat ladies. I'm like crazy heat bag lady. <laughs> <laughs> they are my children. People have plants as children. I have different heat bags. Um, <laughs> They are always there for me. They provide comfort. They are warm and fuzzy, literally. Um, but no, they are just, you know, they're my go-to and it's and it's so handy. Like, I'm pretty lucky uh, to work in radio. You guys know so well when you're behind a microphone, no one really sees us. So if we have to get comfortable, I remember you guys putting the desk down with your dunas after the Arias. You know how to get comfy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, no one sees you, so it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, I could sneak in a heat bag under my tracky pants and switch the mic on and try and get through a shift. Um, the heat bag is always there. Just the heat relief is really comforting when you do have these um, flare-ups. Bridget, um, I'm looking at some of the facts here about endometriosis and it, it talks about how costly that this, you know, it can be just to uh, gain comfort, etc. I mean, it says here the price tag is on average $12,000 a year for people who are suffering from this. What 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 are you spending the money on? Where are the costs coming in? And and is there an is there a cure? Like after you've had your operation, are you now pain free? Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, and I think that's a huge um, misconception, I suppose, with endo. So you can have your surgery and get the disease removed. Uh, there's two ways of removing it, and it's called excision surgery, which is the gold standard. So that's like um, removing the disease from its root, right? And when you remove that, it, I think it's easy to think, oh, the disease is gone, I'm fine. But unfortunately, this disease um, creates many different pain responses within your body. A good example is your pelvic floor. So your body's trying to protect you and the muscles will you know, tense up and um, get really tight. And then they kind of, because it's happening so often, they kind of create their own sort of programming and their 
hyperactive or just constantly locked up and you you might need to go see a pelvic physio to learn how to kind of get back in touch with your pelvic floor and take control and be able to relax it. That's a really common thing for people with endo. So we're looking at things like pelvic um, physio appointments, specialist consultations, ultrasounds. Uh, surgery is really tricky because it, de- it depends if you can get through private or um, public health, but the public waiting list for endo is, I know people who have been waiting two years for their surgery, which is just Mm. so horrific. Um, And then other people will try some complementary therapies like acupuncture or go see a naturopath or a dietitian. Um, Then you add on your painkillers or then you add on your family of uh, heat bags, which add up. Um, It can Mm. be, yeah, really costly. Like I I did the maths on how much I spent uh, within the last 12 months and it was just over $11,000 out of pocket. Goodness wow. me, Bridge. What is the one thing, potentially as people listening right now who haven't been diagnosed, but they're hearing a few of the symptoms that you're talking about and they're, they're thinking maybe this is something I have. What would you recommend they do from this, this point today? I would highly recommend they just, you know, start to take control, get on top of it, start, you know, noting down, tracking your symptoms. There's a really great app that's come out from an endometriosis organization called Quendo. So it's Q-E-N-D-O. And they've created this wonderful phone app where you can track your symptoms. You can also get your medical professionals to tap in on the app and be like team members so they can see everything that you're tracking and add their notes and whatnot. If anyone's on that journey thinking that the pain that they're experiencing isn't quite right, definitely persist. You probably will face doctors that may dismiss you. I know I have, um, but you are like the expert of your body and you know what's going on. So you really must um, push on with it and reach out to these support networks like Quendo and Endometriosis Australia who have um, all the tools that you need to, to get through. Great stuff. Bridget Hartswaite, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the release of the book, How to Endo. It is out now, so go and grab it as soon as you can. And Bridge, we can't let you go without giving us a, a recommendation for some hot new tunes. You pump them out every weeknight on Triple J from 6pm. <laughs> and so what is piping hot at the moment like a wheat bag coming fresh out of the microwave? <laughs> um, good question. There's so much coming out right now. There's a super recent song that just dropped from this girl who's popping off on TikTok. Her name's Peach PRC, and she's got this, like, to paint a picture, she's pretty much pink from head to toe. She's got pink eyebrows, pink hair, um, fluffy pink high heels. She's very cool, and she's an Australian artist. Um, On Friday, she just released a song called Josh, and it's essentially about... um, old mate Josh who won't stop calling her and Uh-oh. she, you know, she's trying to move on. Um, and it's just a really fun, catchy, anthemic pop moment um, that will kind of make you feel a bit sassy and maybe make you feel good if you're in a similar situation. So Peach, PRC is um, who I'm recommending. And you put Ooh. me on the spot for this, but I'm coming through. Oh, you oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to like <laughs> listen to it right now. I'm very excited. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thanks, guys. Now, Matt O'Kine, when it comes to uh, having a little shindig at home, occasionally the responsible adults in the room go a little bit too hard. You had a, a two-year-old's birthday recently and you were faced with a conundrum, you know, to just <laughs> sit 
or to get lit. No. <laughs> okay. Let's not make it sound like that. But, yeah, you know, there was like, uh, what's, what are we doing here? Is this a party for the adults or is it a party for the kids? That's all I wanted to know. Yep. Um, and it was a party for the kids, you know, so that was, that was absolutely fine. Everyone beh- behaving very responsibly. But it mm. did bring up the topic of when have the parents gotten lit? Yes, you know, occasionally the boundaries are overstepped. And uh, we put the call out to you and Mel from Adelaide got in touch. G'day, Mel. Hello. Now your dad got lit at a uh, his kid's 21st. <laughs> oh, he got lit. Now was this your 21st, Mel? Was this your big moment? It wasn't mine, but it was my brother and my sister's joint 21st. Ooh, Whoa, are they tw- twins? Strange story, but no, but oh, okay. step, step siblings. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Like around about the same age. They were born three weeks apart, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. There we okay. go. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-mm. That's great. So they get to celebrate together. Always. Now, oh, 21st, 21sts are probably different than most parties because if you're getting lit at a, you know, a random 15th or 27th, <laughs> you know, you're not required to do a speech. But... That's the phenomenon of where is one of the few instances in which you probably need to have the attention of the room. <laughs> he did. He had the attention so, of the room. Okay, so what, what happened? <laughs> what happened at the, at the 21st? Well, my lit dad decided that he wanted to break dance. Now, oh, my dad... Okay, my... no, before you even go any okay. further. <laughs> was this, I'm sure that this was done a few days out, right after he came back from his breakdancing lessons. And he said, <laughs> yeah. hey, we've been getting pretty good at this. I thought it could be a good performance at the party. Or was this a spur-of-the-moment decision, Mel? You'd be surprised to know it's a spur-of-the-moment Oh, decision. really? Okay, well, oh. what a surprise. A dad who thinks he's a little bit too nifty on the dance floor. Wow. Okay, okay. so talk us through. Set the scene. Where are the balloons? Where's everyone standing? <laughs> so we're in the family kitchen at home, backyard party. Um, dad has, lit dad, has decided that he wants to spin on his head. No! Because um, okay. I thought for sure he was going to go with the worm and we were going to see some teeth on the ground. No. All right? A, a, a split chin for sure. The head spin is one of the most advanced breakdancing moves. It's not even lying on your back and just spinning as an egg. This is, and my dad told me never to do it because of the neck injuries. Well, Lit Dad has other ideas. Okay. So. So Lit Dad has, you know, gotten down on all wait, fours. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I've got to ask. i got to ask, Mel. Has anyone asked him to do this? Has anyone, has, has he literally just gone, oi, oi, everyone. Watch this. Watch this. Famous last yeah. words. Yeah, option two, option okay. two for sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's very much, look at what I can do. Um, right. All right. So wait, yeah. also... You're in the kitchen. Do you have a large open plan kitchen or is there quite tight top cupboards and chairs around? Oh, it's a, it's a roomy kitchen. Like mm. three or four people can comfortably fit in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's doing yeah. it in the middle of this. Okay. So he gets, <laughs> yeah. he gets down and what happens? Yeah. Hands and knees, you know, crown of head to the floor. Wait, wait, somebody grab my leg. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And so he's recruited people to assist him with the head spin because, of course, uh, you can't. These people <laughs> By just... the way, Dad, you, <laughs> you can't break dance. Um, yeah. So, just... yeah, 21-year-olds grabbed him by the calves and assisted him. So he did the hands thing and essentially ran circles around him while he spun on his head. So oh, so literally just <laughs> drilling him into the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but did he come out unscathed? God, no. 
Oh, <laughs> oh what happened? Okay. I mean, he, he didn't he didn't hurt himself in the moment, but, you know, very sore neck, very sore head the next day. Didn't see him for at least 24 hours after it happened. So. And did he come out going, oh, I must have done something to my neck last night, not knowing exactly what went on? I mean, if I saw him the next day, I probably would be able to tell you, but, like, he was in a dark cave. Oh. <laughs> did, did, was okay. it overall, what was the general opinion? Was it a, was it a success or a bit of a dad fail? Look, we're going, this happened like 20 years ago, so it's it's a story that stands the test of time, clearly. <laughs> and the good news is <laughs> Mel's dad is going to be representing Australia at the Paris Olympics in breakdancing. <laughs> Dream big, everyone. It's proof. Thank you so much, Mel. We'll catch you later. Thank you. Bye. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Really appreciate your company as we go. Matt O'Kind, you've done an impromptu worm before. You know exactly what this lit, lit dad mind was doing. Mate, I did a, I did one windmill once and I, <laughs> I still talk about it and it was almost 20 years ago. It was in the it was in the school hall, Brisbane State High, 2002, <laughs> against Cameron. Yeah, that's right. In our little dance battle, I did a windmill. Everyone was like, wow. All right. Well, we'll have to uh, try and dig up some footage of that one. But until then, we're going to leave you with another story about lit parents. Uh, Amber got in touch with us via voice memo. You can always hit us in the DMs on Instagram, matt.and.alex, with your voice messages. And Amber's dad, lit dad, was not really where you want one. That is on an aeroplane. So we're going to leave you with her story of lit parents and catch you for another episode tomorrow. Hope you have a good one. Bye. Hi, Matt and Alex. I had to tell you about my lit dad story. When I was 14, we went to Thailand and duty-free in Patong, he bought this bottle of whiskey. When we tried to go on the plane, they said he couldn't bring it on, so they'd have to throw it out. And my dad, he is a very frugal, even though he's got enough money to last him a, li- a lifetime. So he ended up drinking the entire bottle right before the flight. I can still see the faces of the people in the terminal watching us with pity as my dad sculled an entire bottle of whiskey. And we got on the flight and he was so drunk, he sat in the seat and he put one of those pillows behind his head, like the travel pillows. He pulled it out from behind his neck and all the beans flew out all over the plane, like that static, oh my gosh, they were absolutely everywhere and he did not even notice what was happening. And me and my brother and sister and my mum were mortified. I'll never forget (laughs) the flight attendant walking down the aisle with those little static balls stuck all over her stockings and (laughs) everyone was just looking at us with pity like wow this poor poor family i'll never get over it so i should probably hit my dad up for like compensation or like money towards therapy (laughs) that's it the all-day breakfast kitchen is closed got a story we need to hear all the links are at mattandalex.com.au Listener.